By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 Podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience. Your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, episode 82, uh, hour number one. Uh, this is usually uh, hour number two, but uh, uh, there's been nothing usual about my life in the last little while, so I won't bore you with the details. I'll just tell you that it's great to be back. Pneumonia sucks, and hopefully I don't have to take any more time off to uh, get healthy. Uh, but just remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. That's what we like to talk about on this show. We also do like to talk about uh, getting high, uh, but it's not always just about getting high. And we also start off our show in one unique way, and that's by me asking you, what's your groove? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. You dig it! Kinda grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Pipe in a grape, long in a blitz. This is great! This is the bee's knees! Can you dig it? So when I say what's your groove, uh, I'm asking you that while you're listening to this, if you are indeed using cannabis, grooving with cannabis, let me know what it is. Uh, it could be just about anything. Maybe it's a joint, bong, CBD, uh, some edibles, a drink, whatever it is. Hit me up at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter or the Cannabis 101 on Facebook. And Instagram, you can also email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. I love hearing from people about what they're grooving with and and just that they are grooving with something uh, while they are uh, listening to this show. Uh, I am just uh, filling up a bag uh, from the old Supernova. That's what I call my volcano hybrid. Um, Super, because it's awesome, and Nova, because that's where I bought it, using uh, Click and Collect from Nova Cannabis. So I've got uh, some uh, Rio Bravo, uh, and I always take my cannabis whenever I grab it, uh, throw it in a uh, mason jar uh, with some uh, humidity packs. Makes it awesome, and I love it. There is uh, some connection to Jack Herrera, whether it's a, a you know descendant or it uh, it is Jack Herrera. Some people have said it is, but it's very close uh, profile to Jack Herrera. Uh, I love the spicy sativa uh, that it uh, provides. And, I, and I'm a big Western fan. So it's Wabanaki, um, but they Edison calls it Rio Bravo. 
and uh, I enjoy it. It's, uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. All right, so uh, without further ado, here is what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. Jesse Lavoie from Toba Grown is going to join me once again and update us on this amazing constitutional challenge that he has going on with the Manitoba government right now. Chris Ionson, Plant Life Canada, regional manager, will join us for Know Your Buds. We are doing Lemon Berry uh, from Ness. And you're going to really love this. There's some cool stories with that. Our cannabis question is about sizes. And we'll have what pairs well with cannabis. We've actually moved cannabis character uh, to hour number one. So that'll usually come out on Mondays. We'll also tell you about the Weed Weekly and how you can get in on our uh, giveaway that we have every Friday. But without further ado, let's get on with the show and our cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. Cannabis question today is what size uh, do you prefer to buy your cannabis in? I am absolutely loving uh, the seven gram options uh, that they're out there right now. I love I love all the options. You know, I'm I'm not uh, for I I shouldn't say I love them all. Seven is becoming a sweet spot. Um, I love the 28 grams if you can find a good deal. Uh, when I picked up our uh, cultivar for know your buds uh, i was talking to the to gauge and the the crew at plant life jensen lakes they've got a uh ounce for under 100 bucks so that's pretty impressive but i love the seven grams um you know i would prefer to buy in ounces if i could but uh, seven grams quarters gives you some nice choice uh and i don't find i blow through it as fast as i might with a three and a half so i'd love to hear from you chime in on our cannabis question on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can email me. And you can be anonymous if you prefer to and still win a prize. Email me cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Just for chiming in, everybody who chimes in goes into the hat. We draw it out and somebody gets a Cannabis 101 Podcast prize pack. So let me know uh, what what size do you prefer to buy. Uh, There was one response uh, that came in on Twitter, uh, to our Twitter account, uh, and it was about uh, twos and uh, fives, I believe it was. Uh, So uh, it's kind of interesting to see the... The different sizes that people want. Yeah, this is from uh, Ross Creek Nation. It says, I wish they'd start selling in twos and fives. Ones are damn near pointless and three and a halves aren't enough. Uh, so, you you know, maybe you're looking to buy a couple of five, uh, five gram packs or something like that of different things. But And again, I love uh, the seven grams. Okay, now, what pairs well with cannabis? And this is anything that you pair with cannabis. Anything you like to do with cannabis. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, for me, I love listening to audiobooks. Um, I, I love books and I love reading, but I love listening to audiobooks. And 
Uh, in the summertime, certainly not now uh, I would do this as we've just come through the minus 40s and 50s of uh, temperatures here in, uh, in northern Canada. But in the summertime, I loved... I used to do this when I did the uh, the uh, sports talk show on TSN 1260 in the Oilers postgame show, is I would come home at, like, get home at 1230, uh, and I'd head outside, you know, maybe grab a beer or something like that, a bunch of joints that I have rolled up, and i just put the headphones in and listen to uh, audiobooks. A big Western guy, as I've said lots of times. Uh, so that's something that I really love to do is just to chill out outside listening to audiobooks. So, but I'd love to hear what you pair well uh, with cannabis as well, because everybody has uh, kind of a different story when it comes to cannabis. And of course, uh, before we get into our uh, main interview, big thank you to all of our partners, uh, David Wiley and the OZ, Malcolm LaBelle and the Green Generation Co. They both appear on, uh, usually on Mondays, they'll appear on Thursday uh, this week, uh, but big thanks to uh, them and our partners. Uh, Andre from Regal Cigars has been a great supporter of ours, and of course, Stonesmiths as well, uh, the creators of the Slash right here. Um, these temperatures that we've been having lately, yeah, they would test this battery, but it would pass it. It's a battery built for Edmonton winters, and uh, the coolest feature is this built in loader. It's just absolutely the scoop in, boom, you're done. Uh, also, they've got a uh, new chamber on the way. It's kind of a redesign of the internal uh, co coil structure. And two things. It's going to heat up faster, which we all want. Even though that only takes four seconds, we still want it faster. And it's going to bring you even bigger clouds, which we all love as well. So check them out at stonesmiths.ca. They have the slash. It is absolutely awesome. If you're looking to get into dabbing, this is a great way to start because let's face it, the old torch method can be pretty intimidating. So if you want one, check it out at stonesmiths.ca. If you're a retail store, head to their website and uh, get this very cool product, uh, which is very, very popular among a lot of people into your stores. All right, we're going to chat with Jesse Lavoy from Toba Grown. He's uh, still fighting the good fight for Manitobans to be able to grow cannabis at home. Yeah, can you believe it? Manitoba will not let their citizens and uh, their their uh, the, the people of their province grow their four plants at home. But medical growing is allowed. So anyway, we're going to get into how backwards it all is in just a second. But first, uh, let's hear from the artist My Dead Dog with the Weed Song. to chat once again with Jesse Lavoy of Toba Grown. Um, and Jesse, um, things are warming up a little bit here out west, and I hope things are warming up for you guys in Manitoba as well. Oh, they absolutely are, especially in this case. I got some cool updates for you. 
Oh, good, good, good. I'm looking forward to that. So uh, before we get into the constitutional challenge, um, what do you do in the cannabis space? And we should point out that this is a personal challenge, but uh, for those of you that uh, I'm always interested in uh, giving an update for my listeners about what's going on in their world with my guests. So what's going on with you uh, business-wise in the cannabis space? No, that's a fair question. So to your point, uh, canopy growth is not involved whatsoever. Uh, but in my spare time outside of work, I, you know, I do this challenge uh, for work. My title is strategic account manager for alternative channels. So I, I manage stores and Bickle's business here in uh, USA and I help manage in Canada a little bit as well. And I also work with uh, Martha Stewart CBD uh, in the United States. And we should point out, people, if they want to learn about that, they can go back and uh, check out uh, your past episode where you were on, and we discussed a lot of that stuff. But we are here to discuss this constitutional challenge, and it is to be able to grow cannabis at home. So first of all, uh, when did cannabis and why did cannabis become part of your personal life? So personally, I used it medicinally after an injury I sustained uh, physically and psychologically as a prison guard uh, here here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I used it medicinally, and then when I transitioned out of uh, using it for medical purposes, I transitioned to recreational. And it's usually at the end of the day, I have my nice indica. Throughout the day, I have my mix of CBD and sativa to to keep me uh, rolling. Awesome. And we should point out for those that are maybe new to this uh, this topic and, and what we're going to be discussing, Manitoba is the only place where you are not allowed to grow cannabis at home. So tell us when and why you decided to kind of launch this constitutional challenge. So the ban here in Manitoba has been uh, on my mind ever since it was put into place. I didn't have the uh, the time or the resources back in 2018 to, to challenge it. Uh, with, with COVID-19, I was uh, able to stay home for long periods of time, which gave me the opportunity to grow for plants. But because, because I chose to live here in Manitoba, I, I don't have access to my federal right. So I, I did a lot of research. I looked into the Quebec case where in 2019, in September, the Quebec uh, government ruled that the, the ban there was unconstitutional. Currently, Quebec is appealing that uh, that ruling. So you still can't, you're, unfortunately, you're not allowed to grow there during the appeal. But on paper, Manitoba is the province that has a $2,500 fine and is has been unchallenged until now on this front. All right. So you have a terrific website that we're looking at now for those that are watching on our YouTube or social media channels. If you're listening and you want to check it out, uh, it's a Cannabis 101 podcast. So the website for uh, Jesse's challenge is tobagrown.ca. How many hours do you would you estimate you have spent on this constitutional challenge? Because this isn't just something that you fill out a little bit of paperwork and then you wait for the end, right? No, it's, you know... My personal research started in April 2020, hired a law firm in June 2020. We filed notice of applications, filed the affidavits, read through government's affidavits. I would say I saw this question on your your list that uh, came out yesterday. So I was sitting there trying to figure it out. And I'd say on average 20 hours a week outside of my 50-hour-a-week work um, like job <laughs> I spend. So 20 hours a week over all those months at least 550 hours since this started. Um, And I I was doing some rough math because I did take a few weeks off there um, for, for personal holidays. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot, it's been a learning curve. Like I I haven't been in 
a litigation like this before. I haven't gone up against government body before constitutional law, finding out if I have standing and then doing all the research in between and preparing to meet them head to head in court is, is another thing we have to prepare for. And you don't have a law background, right? Like this is, uh, you know, kind of just the, the citizen in you. That's, that's it. Yeah. I have a great lawyer. Um, he, he likes, he doesn't like to be out there in the, the public on the spotlight, but if you're watching, appreciate you, man. Uh, keep, keep killing it. Uh, him and I make a great team. I, I study, navigate and, um, and learn new cannabis regulations for a living. So I, and that's in Canada, us and Europe. I I've been doing that for the past four years. So with his experience as a lawyer, and my experience with cannabis and cannabis regulation, we make a, a heck of a team. Well, yeah, precedent has obviously been set in every other province and has been overturned where they tried to uh, do this as well. So, you know, the, the history is cer- certainly seems to be on your side. And, you know, every citizen of Manitoba that wants to grow and every cannabis fan or advocate out there, uh, you know, has your back right now and really wants this to go, you know, in your favor. So let's get to the, maybe the reasons uh, why kind of you are, are doing this. What are the reasons that the Manitoba government has given for not allowing home grows and how do you combat them? So their, their arguments are quite simple. They're extremely outdated and have already been debunked, but here they are. They don't want you to get mold in your house. They don't want your house to catch on fire from the grow lights. They don't want children to grab uh, cannabis off these four plants and eat it or smoke it. And they don't want people to grow four plants and then sell it into the black market. So what I did, in addition to research on all all these arguments, I reached out to doctors and executives from across Canada. I I got... a great number of them joined our, our side. I got seven affidavits in total. I got expert, uh, sorry, master growers and HVAC engineer to discuss ventilation and keeping humidity low and killing that odor. I got a CEO of Grow Light Company to discuss all the certifications and uh, testing that grow lights go, uh, go through before they even get on the shelves. I got doctors who are active professors to talk on the four plants being sold into the black market and children Uh, getting access to it because when you look around Canada every other province who's legalized it with the federal government almost three years ago they haven't clawed it back if you look at jurisdictions in USA or across the world where they've allowed for home grow none of them have clawed it back because of things that have gone wrong it hasn't even been brought up that oh no we got we got to get rid of home grow because things are going bad so the government of Manitoba is using these arguments that were debunked in the Allard case for medical grows to try to defend something that is unconstitutional and every other jurisdiction is not having a problem with it. So it's not going to lie. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And I was expecting a bit more of a, of a opponent in this, but so far it's, it's really going our way. That's so interesting. So medical patients, where, you know, where do they stand as far as being able to grow or not grow in Manitoba? So there's over 3,000 3, um, medical grow licenses here in Manitoba. So um, I don't have the exact number, but last I heard, there's over 3,000 of them. So there's a lot of people already growing here in Manitoba that you can grow over 100 plants with a medical license for, for obvious reasons. Like people, they, you build a tolerance over, um, over long periods of use, so you need more and more grams to get the desired effect. 
So I understand that you need to have all those plants, but it, it's interesting because here in Manitoba, you can, you can't grow your federal four, which all your neighbors can do in, you know, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Alberta, BC list goes on. I, I don't want to miss anyone. I'm, I'm thinking of all the provinces and territories when I, when I said that the list goes on. So it's interesting that here you can grow over a hundred if for medical reasons, but you can't grow your federal four. Mm, that, that is just so bizarre. And, and listen, I'm, I'm going to guess when you have filed seven affidavits from seven different experts, um, you're, you're, you're taking a lot of those arguments and and kind of shredding them like the mold factor with already people growing. Does that not already just shatter that uh, kind of argument? Like what was it like, you know, going through those uh, affidavits with those experts and seeing some of this information that they were providing? You know, just a, a side note, uh, it's quite interesting. If you take your, like a humidity, um, you can, you can check the humidity inside your, um, your tent and then go have a shower and bring that same device with you and see what humidity you get off one shower compared to four plants over their lifetime. <laughs> so, and then going back to your question on working with these experts, like I, through all my research, I, I thought I had the perfect case, but after talking with, with all these experts who brought their like combined, you add everyone's experience together, it's over 150 years of cannabis reform and cannabis research experience from these seven experts. And they were, they showed me different roads I didn't even know what to take. And we, the case just got so much bigger, thanks to all these, uh, these experts. And I'd love to just quickly list them off if that's cool. Sure, yes, please. So in no order of importance, there's uh, Professor Hathaway, Dr. Av Singh, Dr. Daniel Baer, Dr. Neil Boyd, Jamie Shaw, Ryan Kerwin, and Rick Maisel. So the doctors, they all touched on um, selling uh, plant, four plants into the black market and protecting children because those, those uh, concerns, there's no research to back them up anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Shaw is a court-certified expert in dispensary industry in Canada and abroad. Ryan Kerwin is the CEO of Alias LED, their Canadian-based LED company. And Rick Maisel is a HVAC engineer and he owns two medical grow equipment stores here in Manitoba. And he's also been a medical grower for, for a lot of years. So when you, you add all these people's experience up and they're all attacking the government's arguments on multiple fronts, it's, I'll, t- I'll fill you in on a little secret. So our, our filing deadline was five o'clock on a Friday. We I don't want to lie and say we wheeled in, but we carried in almost 2,500 pages of documentation in these a- that were made up of these affidavits. And we dropped that on the, the government of Manitoba lawyer's desk right before he was going home on a Friday afternoon. And maybe he was thinking, oh, they're not showing up. This is going to be great. And then all of a sudden it was, here's, uh, <laughs> here's some reading for you. That'll probably take a few weeks weekend reading uh wow and 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 you know full of um you know uh experience as you mentioned uh, expert advice research um i i i'd imagine it might, it might be hard to sit there and say you know these are like the specific highlights that we found out but you know w- was was there anything you know was there something particular that you just were like blown away by like wow i never even thought of it in that regard when it comes to like home growing in the defense Ooh. of this? Well, it's interesting. I'll use a little prop here. Mm. Um, these cards, right? Let's say this is all a research document. So 100 pages, let's say. 
if you're quoting one of the pages or a sentence on one of the pages, you need to include that entire document in your affidavit so it can't wow. be hearsay. So even if you're quoting just one sentence of this cannabis research document that a bunch of doctors from around the world were a part of, if you quote that, you inject that whole document into, into the case, and then you can pull off that whole document inside the courtroom. So that, that's quite interesting because mm. these affidavits, all these pages I was mentioning, like, yes, each, each expert had their, their own opinions laid out, uh, which took up you know, 10 to 20 pages, depending on the, the expert, but then the rest of their affidavit is built of research documents, articles, surveys, like undeniable evidence that we can pull from in the court. And then if you look at the government of Manitoba's, and if you scroll down a little bit on the website, you can actually see there the, the affidavit of uh, Christiani Deshante, that's the government of Manitoba's uh, affidavit. And if you look at theirs, it's kind of like they're pulling from newspaper articles and things that are like four years old that people, the same people had said like last year that debunked the thing they said four years ago. So yeah, when you look at that document, it's, uh, and then you look at our evidence, Whoa. You, Sorry, can, you can put your, yeah, yeah that's okay, but you can put your money much. wherever you want, but I'm feeling very confident in our, in our chances. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, uh, and, and what a process, what an eye-opening process it was. And it's interesting, you know, you're taking on the Manitoba government, and you're also receiving uh, a lot of support from some of the other political parties in Manitoba as well. Yeah, absolutely. So to date, I've had the Manitoba Liberals and the Manitoba Green Party all do press releases, um, let's call it backing up uh, my case. So they've they've come out and said, why is the the, which is cu currently the pre uh, progressive conservatives, why are they spending taxpayer dollars and courts time and assets to defend something that's been proven unconstitutional in Quebec? It's been proven to not be harmful in other jurisdictions that have allowed it, yet they're, they want to be so adamant to defend it. So it's, um, it's, it's eye-opening in that fact that I, I wish we can just get into a room. We can settle this outside of court. I'm, I'm free tomorrow if you guys are free. Yeah. And we can just get this case over with and get seeds in the ground and fall in line with federal law. Because honestly, when it's, it's amazing having the, the support of the, the Manitoba Liberals and the Green Party to date. But isn't there so much other things we need to be worried about, like the opioid crisis, like COVID-19 relief? I've personally this? spent, yes, there's, the, the list goes on. I've personally spent 45000 and I'm a, I'm a budget pit bull. And I've been on top of my lawyers, keeping the cost down as, as much as possible. I'm interested to see how much the Manitoba government is, has spent on this or how much money they need to spend to get expert affidavits to back their case up because those people have to put their credibility and their signatures on something that goes against the undeniable evidence I brought. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I would love for someone to file a Freedom of Information Act and find out exactly how much they are spending because I can't do it because I'm in a court process with them, right. but any other Canadian could do it. Intent, just... wink, wink. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, for, for any of our uh, viewers, listeners, myself, uh, we need to get on this. And, and it's just such a, 
it just seems like such a silly and expensive hill to die on for the uh, Manitoba government, as you said, with so many other things right now of, you know, minus 50 below and, and we have people still living outside. It's just, uh, there's so many other things in within and immediate things like uh, COVID, as you mentioned. So, you know, I, I asked you last time we talked about what kind of the public reaction has been. Has that changed since those two political parties pledged their support? I, I'd well, the, the following keeps growing the the amount of people reaching out and you know either wanting to volunteer wanting to just say thank you or wanting to or asking i had or saying i i had no idea this was going on and well, why is why is our 1.2 million people in manitoba being uh discriminated against when you know the other 36 million people or 37 million people here in canada have that right it's just uh even if you're not a cannabis user sorry people who aren't cannabis users are still jumping on board to support this side and i I'm, i'd be interested to see how, how many of their like the progressive conservative uh party members are actually you know deep down honestly believe in this ban or if it is just a a funnel towards the the dispensaries which are great dispensaries don't get me wrong they have good products good staff uh pricing definitely could use some work and mm-hmm. the taxes that go along with that but kind of interesting other provinces are showing growth in their legal sales yet they've had four plants since the beginning why is our government so afraid of four plants yeah it's because they're paper they're paper thin arguments it it doesn't make sense this is this is the other thing that doesn't make sense to me is that the manitoba government seems to be really open-minded in one area and closed-minded in the other and and from from what i know Manitoba is the only place where you can legally have cannabis delivered to your house, from what I've been told. I don't know if that exists anywhere else in the country. So in one end, they're doing something that nobody else is doing. And the other end, they're, they're not going to allow you to do something that everybody else is doing. Like, it just seems like they're, they're confused here. Well, I'll just say this. I won't. I'll let people go whatever route they want with this but with with home grow if you're sitting in one of their offices you're thinking oh no people grow all their cannabis and they won't buy it from our stores but with at-home delivery you're not only taxing the the cannabis you're selling but you're also getting a tax on that that service charge for the delivery there's there's even more revenue there that you can tax so Mm. they're also thinking of bringing edibles into spas and and restaurants which i'm all game for 100 percent. let's let's do that yesterday yeah. But also, that's that's something. Ooh, we could tax the edibles there, and they'll probably be a big price, which means more tax dollars. But home grow means people are going to grow 400 grams in a year and not go to the dispensaries anymore. That that might be the way they're thinking, but that's not for me to to put my signature on. All right. So, what is the next step for you now in this constitutional challenge? You you've filed all the paperwork. Do you have a kind of an end date in sight, or is that up in the air? So currently, the government of Manitoba's uh, lawyers are reviewing all the affidavits we filed. Uh, at, after that, we'll either get into cross-examination. They could file experts to go against our experts. And once the affidavit, uh, that section's done, we get into briefs. So we get into, I write, uh, we write our briefs, they write their reply briefs, we go back and forth. And then if there are no extensions, we should be in front of a judge by November likely there will be an extension because of the amount of research we dropped on their desk they they will need time to analyze process and build rebuttal to it so i am expecting that they will ask for an extension 
Yeah, and and you you know, looking ahead, uh, if there's no extension, it's great. But it's good that you're prepared for it. Uh, do you do you think? And this is an opinion. I don't know how you feel about answering it, but do you think they are maybe have been caught off guard by the amount of work you have put into this? Do you think they maybe didn't take you as seriously as maybe they should? I um, I could answer that. 100% honestly and but that would be giving away some of the conversations we have All between right. uh between lawyers but um yeah I don't think they were expecting uh this many affidavits I think they were expecting it just to be me sure uh responding so when when they found out there was a expert coming we asked for a little extension just because of post uh we were worried that with covid around holidays if we don't want to lose an affidavit because the shipping was pushed back past our deadline. So when we asked for an extension, there was a little like, wait, what do you mean? These There's something shipping from elsewhere. And it was a little, I guess they were like, oh, oh it's not mm-hmm. just Jesse anymore. And then we dropped seven experts on them. And now it would, no running from it now. <laughs> well, and, and the fact that you have seven experts uh, that, that you've been, is, is that really, you know, not that you weren't totally confident before when you started this, but does that really, you know, it's, it's like making a big trade at the deadline going into the playoffs. You got all these experts coming on board during this. Is that what gives you the confidence that you will win this? I, it, I don't want to say that's, that'll give us the confidence. I think we had a strong case without them with them it's like having seven rock stars in your corner uh, backing you up credibility like i mentioned the 150 years plus um i think our case was strong if you look at quebec's there wasn't that much evidence they brought in that like i don't don't know if there even was um, an expert affidavit brought in on the defense and they still won um we're coming at this with research and experts in every field that the government has brought up in theirs I'm confident we're going to come out on head, uh, like on top. Sorry, I was going to say come out ahead or on top. Mm-hmm. I got mixed up there. Um, it all depends on the judge on the day. Anything could happen. They could they could out outward us on the on the legal front uh, when it comes down to argument. Like anything sure. could happen. But uh, I'm very confident. But you're confident that you have done everything possible. Like you've left no stone unturned. Let's say. I, of the seven experts that signed on, I probably call, called five times as many people as that. Um, people are either too busy or didn't want to ruffle feathers. I completely mm-hmm. understand that. But yeah, I, I called uh, so many cold calls here in Canada and abroad. Um, there are a lot of people who weren't writing an affidavit, but did give support uh, through advice or consulting or pass me on to one of the seven. Um, so everyone listening who I've talked to, thank you so much for the time. And uh, yeah, we've every angle within cannabis and with, and external we have thought of and we've prepared for. So let's get into court Mm -hmm. and let the sparks fly. Well, and two things in the, in that, what you just said really stand out. One, the kind of the paying it forward uh, lifestyle culture that is cannabis, you know, uh, this uh, show that you're on this podcast would not be possible without somebody helping me in the industry to get some contacts and going like that. That's the whole kind of the motto, it seems of the cannabis culture and industry is helping and paying it forward and let's grow this industry. And also that stigma is still there. People are still obviously, and, 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 
and it's going to take time as we're only two years and a bit into legalization, but that stigma is still there. However, I think things like this that bring this into the public eye with scientific research will do a lot to help fight and combat that stigma. No, fully agreed. The the stigma is there. I believe the the population that still have the reefer madness, uh, devil's lettuce, whatever mm-hmm. else you want to call it, that that population is is people are either converting or they're they're not caring anymore or or whatnot. But when you when you think of children today, and you know the government says I need to we need to protect the children. When you think of children today in schools when they become of legal age to consume cannabis, well, they've grown up in their lives of cannabis being legal. Like if you think of a six-year-old, a 10-year-old or a 14-year-old today, like it's federally legal here. It's, it's like alcohol. So when I grew up or when you grew up, it was, you're going to go to jail. Don't touch that. Every, right. Like scare, 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 scare. So I am thinking about the, the children when they become of legal age, if they live in Manitoba and they want to try growing four plants, like everyone else in the country, yeah, absolutely. I am thinking about them because where where this world's going, you, you're going to want to try every cost savings avenue you can, especially new generations coming up when there's less and less jobs. And, you know, you got to think more cost savings. If you can grow your whole harvest in, in the summer and store it properly and you're good, you don't spend money on cannabis. Makes sense to me. No doubt. Do you do you have a cultivar in mind uh, that you're going to grow? Uh, if you know, let's say you win, you can actually grow at home. Do you do you know what you're going to grow first? Like, have you thought like that? That's what, that's what get me gets me excited about the uh, things of growing is the different cultivars out there that you can try. Do you have one in mind that you'd like to grow first? Absolutely. So I'll I'll, I'll label two legal strain names and two from the black market that I, I've known from from uh through friends and whatnot um but there's Bodie mcboatface there's <laughs> tangerine dream from san rafael that yep. wow that that purple cannabis is amazing and monster cookies and uh cookies and cream if awesome. i could have those four going i'd be extremely happy yeah no doubt uh are there any other constitutional challenges that you're going to tackle or will you take a rest after this one <laughs> it's interesting you ask that i I haven't thought what I will do with the Toba Grown platform. One thing I have thought of is continuing looking for the next fight because I have the charities I'm going to donate to. But if we win and we get the cost awards and there's a following and there's a way to, to fuel another challenge for something that makes sense, I'm not saying I'm not going to take it. So I'm focused on this one. I want to win this one. But I have really enjoyed the the mental chess of going up against a large opponent. You could just start kind of like a growing group with Toba Grown where, you, you know, guys give advice and help each other grow. And like, it's already there, right? You've, you've got the following. Once you're allowed to grow, you can let it grow even more. Well, it's, it's all about the community and the community right. has been huge reaching out. Like, Ramo, for sure, your your videos have been amazing. I don't know if you've seen those ones. Every mm. Every other person who's shared their their pictures of their new shirts or just sharing the the toba grown pages or or uh, social pages thank you all so much because social pressure is important because i mentioned earlier it all depends or not all depends it it could be swayed based on the judge or by how they speak the law so if there's 
thousands of people who are like, let us grow and showing support and putting public pressure. It's, it's harder to, to let bias step in. It's, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of people who uh, really want this to happen and the evidence is overwhelming. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's get real here. Yeah, the court of public opinion does have uh, some certainly some sway. So I, I always end my interviews asking this question. And aside from hopefully being able to grow at home in Manitoba, what is the next big thing in cannabis, uh, whether that's in Canada or worldwide? I know there's a lot of stuff, uh, pieces moving around the globe when it comes to cannabis. And, and you certainly have your finger on that pulse in, in your other life, your your uh, business career. But, you know, as just looking into your crystal ball, what do you see as big in cannabis? I, uh, I know I said this on your show before, but I, I might sound like a broken record saying it again, but I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan. I like watching NFL, UFC. And when I watch these events, I see those beer commercials. I see those whiskey commercials where it shows the distillery, where it shows people enjoying them. I want to see someone pulling out a, a nice nug, smelling it, busting it up, and then it cuts to how it's grown at the company and then showing the company's brand and people mm -hmm. enjoying the joints. Like getting cannabis aligned with alcohol on marketing, that is what I want to see. And that's what I think will be big because it'll create more jobs, more, uh, more uh, cash flowing through the in industry. So it, it'll be interesting for sure. Well, and, and that right along with that, you know, not, not just like, uh, you know, a sponsor on top of a, a stadium, uh, like, you know, canopy growth, uh, arena or something like that, or good, you know, good plug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or in, in arena advertisements, what about being able to go to over here at this side at the uh, arena in Winnipeg, watching the Jets game, you can get a beer and over here you can get a, 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 a marijuana drink, a can a THC infused drink or something like that. Then that leads you know, where do I sign? Yeah, like one domino <laughs> yeah. leads to another, right? We get the sponsorship uh, taken care of, and then we start being able to get it into our, our entertainment things. Like uh, I'm looking forward to the day where you can go to a hockey game or a movie, and you can get those cannabis products. But certainly I'm with you. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl could be sponsored by a cannabis company at some point, and it should be because it's, uh, you know, it's it's you know I think it's just going to be just as big, if not big, in time as, as uh, some of those other intoxicants out there. You know, it'd be interesting. I was, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, oh, I can't wait to say this because you made a good, cool point. What if you took a stadium, you, you wait for like a really rowdy game, like, uh, like Minnesota against the Jets, for example. Yeah. And then half the arena is only allowed to drink alcohol and the other half is only allowed to smoke cannabis. And then we'll, we'll do a case study on altercations and what goes on and the amount of yeah. food spent in each, each quadrant. That'd, that'd be kind of cool. The type of cheers, uh, things like that. I'm with <laughs> yeah. you on that one. I'm, I'm totally with you on that kind of experiment. Uh, that is uh, something that I would definitely like to see. Jesse, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, a fan and a supporter of you since uh, you came onto my radar. And, you know, I'm a, I grew up in Brandon, Manitoba, so I would love for my home province to come out of the dark ages with this. So tobagrown.ca is where people can find more information and they can get some of that great apparel and, and support and get behind you on this. Uh, certainly keep us up to date on what's going on, man. And uh, best of luck moving forward. Thank you so much. And when COVID allows it, hopefully this summer having an outdoor event. So stay tuned for that. Uh, hopefully we're celebrating a victory. If not, we're encouraging one. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. 
part of the cannabis life experience, turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time. That was, uh, it's just an amazing accomplishment what Jesse has uh, done and is doing. The fight isn't over, obviously, but uh, just some amazing work uh, that he's been able to compile. Just like I said in the interview, it just seems such a silly hill uh, for the Manitoba government to die on that, uh, I, and I have no idea. The, the arguments that they have are just just seem to be paper thin. But anyway, great interview with Jesse. Uh, we've done one hitters with him a couple of times, so maybe we're looking at a couple of different things. Uh, we may or may not have a one hitter segment, uh, but if it does, uh, we will have it on uh, Saturday. It'll come out on uh, Saturday as well. You can find uh, that and full episodes at Cannabis One Hundred One Podcast dot ca. And that's where you can also sign up for the uh, Weed Weekly. Uh, We still have uh, Know Your Buds to come, uh, but I wanted to tell you a little bit about uh, what the guys at Stonesmith, uh, the team, have going right now. Stonesmith.ca is where you can find it. As I mentioned, they're trying to make it faster. It only takes four seconds to heat up, and then you fire away. It also has the three temperature settings. But you should also know that coming this April... They've got something new. I, I don't know what it is, but it sounds like from, you know, the excitement, uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I think this is going to be uh, a pretty cool accessory uh, or item that they have going. The team has been working on it hard at Stone Smith, so look for that in April, and we'll be giving you all the details uh, if I can squeeze some of out of the uh, the fellas as well. So check out the details. Keep up to date. Uh, they've got a great Instagram account, official underscore or stonesmith underscore official and the website is uh, stonesmiths.ca who grew it what's the terpene profile who created it what is the lineage how much thc what's in a name This is Know Your Buds, a close-up look at cultivars you should try, or try again. Joining Dean is our educator, Chris Ionson. Once again, very happy to be joined by my good friend Chris Ionson, Regional Manager with Plant Life Canada. It's been a couple of weeks since we've chatted, so... Uh, great to chat with you again, Chris, and uh, great to see you. You're up in uh, Fort McMurray right now with the Plant Life family. Yeah, you know that's right. I am. I'm up here. We're doing uh, a POS, changing some stores here, and I'm meeting some of the team too. So uh, it's it's been an awesome trip. I uh, haven't been up here for uh, quite a few years, uh, and really, uh, I guess, interesting. Also, dev- devastating to see all the the fires, uh, all the trees kind of along the way, and uh, the damage that happened from that. I I didn't get the chance to see it up and up close so uh but yeah very cool to be here um the, the teams here are great we've got two stores in port mcmurray and they're both awesome awesome <laughs> that is outstanding and i love that you're getting to see so much of our province uh with your uh new job and, and hopefully very soon uh we'll be able to do these in person once again uh hopefully we can get things uh, handle on things with COVID 19 and 
uh, get back in studio. But until then, we'll uh, take you on the road as you're uh, heading out. And uh, today, we are talking about something called Lemon Berry. Uh, it is a 60-40 sativa hybrid, and it is from the brand, the LP Ness. So I'm always loving uh, the backstories behind um, the different brands or the different cultivars or the names. I think this one has a, a good one as well. But tell us about the parent company of Ness. Yeah, for sure, Dean. So uh, the parent company of, of Ness is, is Bazam. Uh, and uh, that's the parent company. And, and they were started in uh, 2019 out of BC. Um, they're a privately owned company. Uh, they've got just one single investor. Uh, that's it. Uh, so you can't get stocks on Ness uh, right now. And and, and he's the single investor. He believes in in medicinal cannabis. Um, and after doing some some research and kind of looking into things online, uh, I tracked down uh, it's uh, Kuwaiti billionaire uh, Bassam uh, Alganim. And uh, so he's he's come come over. To, he's got some money in invested in this. He's kind of um, passionate about medicinal cannabis and and decided to hey i'm gonna i'm gonna invest some of my my money into into a cannabis company so it's uh it's pretty awesome uh there uh who's running the company dean is uh the company's run by president matthew millich and he's based out of la and uh him and the corporate secretary antonio muscella um and they're kind of uh running the crew uh based out of canada here um uh, solid team of people that i've met so far from bazam uh chris howes uh, the regional sales manager in uh, in Alberta is uh, is a solid dude. Uh, he's got a true passion for cannabis, uh, which I love to see in my reps. I think that's so important when reps uh, can come in and they can talk weed uh, at my level, right? Uh, you know, and they 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 care about it. They you know consume uh, you know enough enough cannabis. I think that's great. So uh, big fan of Chris um, and and the the folks over at Bazam. You know, it's so wild to hear you say that there is, uh, you know, basically one single investor, no shareholders. I'm like, have you ever heard of uh, no less a cannabis company, but but most companies have, you know, some sort of, you know, big companies in this size have some sort of. So that is truly an amazing story. And I know we're going to have a really cool story about what, you know, where their facilities uh, are uh, a little bit later on. But that's wild, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I I was very surprised to kind of to track that down. I, I saw, seen some some neat articles. Uh, I I just love that you know with that that believes in medical cannabis thing. You know, I'm sure he's uh, had had a moment in his life where you know it it, it affected him. Where uh, a, a lot of folks that way um, kind of change your views and perspective on cannabis by kind of seeing uh, the effects firsthand. Um, so it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, no doubt. What's the uh, is the story, if there is one, behind Ness? Yeah, so Ness is the recreational brand, and uh, it's got a cool focus on on what's your Ness. Uh, on on the website, they kind of list um, uh, you know unique Ness, uh, snazzy Ness, uh, happy Ness. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends on on where you're at in the day. Um, I think Dean, my Ness is uh, stoned Ness. <laughs> um definitely i i'm a, I'm a big fan of what's you know what, what that's what ness does for me is uh gets me stoned um ness off, they offer right now here in alberta in the alberta market uh we've got dried flour and vapes from them and uh and pre-rolls are coming soon dino and uh they're going to be doing a 10 pack of 0.42 gram joints mm. uh so we're going to have uh 4.2 grams of rolled cannabis or 420 uh so i think that's pretty cool <laughs> 
I think that's an awesome idea. You, you know me in, in cannabis branding. I was right in there with Rio Bravo, uh, which I actually uh, picked up some of the other day and uh, it's my uh, nice penmanship of uh, Rio Bravo. So I always like to have some Rio <laughs> Bravo and some Blue Dream on hand, but uh, I think that's great uh, marketing and, and it's really cool. I mean, we've seen, um, is it uh, Redican that came out with the 10 packs of the 0.35s? Is that uh, a 0.3 yeah, of a that's brand? That's right. Yeah, so we've. I think uh, those point, are really good. Five. Yeah, point three five. Yeah, I think those are really good. I think those are a good idea. The 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 slims. Um, you know, sometimes you just want a quick in and out. Uh, the old in out in out to get uh, a joint. So I think that's a really good idea. The the point uh, four two grams. Yeah, yeah, and also very shareable too, right? Uh, you get to be like Oprah if you have a social function. You get a doobie. You get a doobie. You get a doobie. Yeah. We'll all stay six feet apart. Uh, keep things safe for the time being. So, yeah, uh, super cool. Yeah, I like yeah. everybody gets their own joint, which we all need uh, right now. So, uh, we talked a little bit about what they have going with uh, some of the new uh, sort of uh, pre rolls and, and vapes. But what about cultivars? Uh, cultivars, rather, uh, you know, other than what we have going today with the lemon berry, what else do they have coming down the pipe? Yeah, so super exciting uh, cultivars coming down the pipe. Uh, there's going to be a gelato mint a chocolate cheesecake, uh, one called Nice Cream, um, and there's a treasure chest, uh, Granddaddy Black, Nut Butter, <laughs> uh, Sour Strawberry, too. So just all mouth-watering cultivar names there, uh, just all kinds of flavors, man. It's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, we're going to have to actually stop this right now. I'm going to go eat because you've made me so hungry with all those uh, cultivar names. Uh, man, that's... You know, I, I, I love that. Like treasure chest, like granddaddy black. Like, you know, I know you're interested in that. Cause I know granddaddy perps is just one of your favorites. And I have to think with a name like that, there's gotta be some GDP in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will be trying this one. That's a guarantee. Uh, as soon as it comes to market, uh, it will be getting destroyed with fire and going into my lungs. And okay. I will tell you all about it. All right. I, I hope it's on this uh, particular program. So, um, okay, so we know what they are growing. Let's talk about how and where. And I think this is a, a story people are really going to dig about one of the facilities where they grow. Totally, Dean. So how they grow, it's uh, all hydroponics, uh, which is awesome. Uh, it's got kind of a soilless way uh, to grow with the roots just kind of sit in water and it's, it's cycled through. Uh, occasionally, they will use aeroponics too, which is even it's a step up. Uh, and that's kind of like a, a nutrient-filled mist uh, flowing through kind of a, a, a tube uh, that the roots sit in. So uh, two really kind of optimal ways to grow cannabis. Uh, so well done, Ness. Uh, where they grow, Dean? Uh, they've got three indoor facilities right now. One's in Edmonton, uh, Alberta here. Um, and that's a, it's a temperature controlled, uh, environments to keep, uh, ideal terpene content. So, uh, when I was, I was kind of explained that there, there can be some, some grow rooms that are, uh, just a couple degrees warmer than they need to be. And, and you're, you might, you're going to burn off some, some terpene. So they really, really monitor that at the Edmonton facility. So super cool there. Uh, they've got a facility in Maple, Maple Ridge, BC. Uh, it's near Victoria and that's a, their new indoor facility, uh, as well as a facility in Sonichton. Uh, BC. So three indoor facilities. Uh, and then they've also got this outdoor facility in Midway, BC. And uh, the outdoor grow license just, just got received. So uh, they're going to be going full tilt on that here. I'm sure probably uh, in the summertime. Uh, super neat story about this facility though. Uh, Zam purchased the, the Midway Hotel, um, which was uh, 
near, near the uh, the facility in Midway uh, to provide housing for for the, the workers, and it's quite an old hotel, uh, you know, built out of like what very Western, I guess, around even like a spaghetti Western hotel, um, and um, it, to provide housing for the, for the workers that were going to be working there. And uh, just the neat thing about this hotel is the previous four owners of the hotel were not able to make it successful, and some say it was due to the curse of uh, the ghost of Charles Tomei, uh, who was the one-time owner of the hotel, who was gunned down in his own bar uh, in the summer of 1908 by two masked men who fled by horse to the U.S. border and were never seen again. See, that is the stories I come to this segment for. I mean, here, you know, it's it, this. that sounds like a great place uh, to, you know, obviously they have some great Nest products, but... As I said before, a little Rio Bravo at that hotel, it brings the whole Western theme uh, together, maybe some El Dorado or whatever, but I, I absolutely love that. I also think it's a very smart thing that they are doing and providing housing for their workers to stay there and, and keep them happy and you know they can avoid the ghosts. Everything will be great. But another classic great story that has a connection to the cannabis industry, uh, smart and very cool uh, as well. So. I really like that story about buying the hotel. I especially like the ghost story that you attach to it. I want to go there now. Yeah, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, what if that ghost likes cannabis? You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'd be like in like a scary yeah, he... movie too, where they roll up uh, Marlon Wayans and uh, smoke him, right? I just did that guy <laughs> as my cannabis character recently. Uh, so maybe that nice. guy just nice. likes getting high. The ghost is he's, he's passive now. He's relaxed, right? He's got some cannabis. He's relaxed. He's not, he's not into haunting anymore. He's just into chilling out. Yeah, totally, Dino. <laughs> uh, there is there is one other facility uh, to, worth talking about uh, with Pazamon. It's their processing hub uh, in Pitt Meadows, Vancouver. Uh, that's where we get all their, their vapes from. And we are going to be seeing new hardware coming on the vapes, too. Um, so three awesome. uh, three kind of awesome facets to their, their business there. Okay, so the website is exploreyournest.com. I tried to uh, load it up into our system, but I couldn't get past the age gating. For some reason, the system that I'm using in that website uh, did not agree. So, But we can tell you, like the packaging, and uh, we see that here on the screen now if you're watching, the website is full of colors. It's got some pretty cool... Uh, um, different uh, features, um, you know, maybe there could be a little bit more information about, uh, you know, the, uh, how their process is, but still, I really like the website. What about you? Yeah, Dino, uh, aesthetically, it's one of my favorites. I, I like all the different colors. I'm a big fan of all the fonts that they use. Um, it's kind of reminds you of like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory a little bit. Uh, there's kind of a, a real funness <laughs> to, to the font, I think, in the website. Um, I, w I agree with you. I'd like to see a lot more information, just, you know, the facilities, some shots, uh, maybe meet the staff type of thing. And maybe that's in the works. Um, but um, I feel like they really nailed the branding for me. Mm -hmm. I, I love seeing that in cannabis. I love the Willy Wonka reference. That's absolutely brilliant. And, right? Uh, if there was that's, ever that's a Willy... Yeah, I, I just think about going to some sort of can. You know, our cannabis tour at Atlas was awesome. Now I'm expecting every cannabis tour to be like a Willy Wonka and have like a, you know, like a drink fountain coming down that Veruca Salt is going to jump into or something like that, right? I, just, I love that picture. But you're right. The colors, the font, the branding. As I've said several times, I think the worst thing you can do is have a white tub 
uh, that's sitting out there. Something to stand out and grab people's, even if they ask about it, they might think about it and come in and grab it the next time. You know, they might be coming in for something different, but that catches their eye and it's something they're going to think about. So very, very smart and, and, and the colors aesthetically on that website are awesome. So again, that's exploreyournest.com. So let's talk about a little history uh, with lemon berry. Uh, lay on us what the lineage lineage is. Yeah, so lemon berry is a cross of uh, of lemon Thai and Dabney blue. Uh, and so lemon Thai is uh, is a Thailand sativa crossed with a Hawaiian land race, uh, and it actually originated in Hawaii. And uh, the Dabney blue is uh, is a blueberry crossed with an unknown uh, cultivar, uh, but it's known to, to taste like blueberry muffins. Uh, so kind of mix those two together. We've got the lemon berry there, Dean. Hmm, that's so interesting. So uh, is is the Thailand is that uh, is is Thailand considered a land race strain as well? Yeah, it would be yes. Yeah, for wow. sure. I should I should have mentioned that there. <laughs> but that's so cool that you have, you know, two, and, and for, for maybe for those that uh, that are uh, kind of joining the show, uh, maybe explain, you know, a land race strain and, and what makes them so unique and sometimes rare. Yeah, for sure, Dino. So land race strains are, are, are cultivars of cannabis that uh, were originated and, and came from uh, that specific part of land. So uh, we've got like Hindu Kush, uh, we've got Mexican, we've got Colombia, we've got Thai, uh, Hawaiian. And these are all uh, cannabis cultivars that were, you know, found there. Uh, that's that's where they came from, and and the genetic background of them are is just going to be that. It's just going to be Thailand uh, or or Hawaiian. Okay. Uh, kind of like the the OGs of cannabis cultivars. Indeed, yes. Thank you very much uh, for that explanation on uh, land race. And as we move on to THC, uh, this batch that we have that I picked up uh, from uh, Plant Life Jensen Lakes today is 22.7, but they've got some batches on the way with some really interesting numbers as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, batches is going to be coming up soon here, so we'll probably see it in a, in a week or two here in Alberta. Uh, 23.6% THC, but uh, a whopping 3.8% terpenes um so to me that like i i think i think my, my, my bag here smells uh amazing as it is mm-hmm. uh but you you load it up with the terps for me it's gonna i can't wait i'm gonna have to pick some up <laughs> well it's it's interesting yeah. one of the I, I i don't know if i would ever say there's a side benefit of pneumonia but one of the uh interesting things is i've actually taken down the temperature on my uh uh, supernova the volcano hybrid and i'm tasting more terpenes uh, because of that uh, so it's it's you know it's an interesting thing i i used to be a guy that was pounding it out at like 200 215 220 i i just like the taste a whole lot better now that i've lowered the temperature on my uh on my volcano hybrid so and and that's where um you know the thc is great but the terpenes and the taste and the flavor is, is really starting to become th- something I really enjoyed. I never ever thought of that before, you know, pre, pre-podcast when my cannabis knowledge was here's $50, right? So it's amazing what you start to <laughs> start to appreciate more about the plant the more you get into it and learn about it. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, same, same for me, buddy. Uh, you know, getting into the, the cannabis industry and, and, and all the stuff that I've learned too, but um, what a big factor the entourage effect plays in the outcome of consuming cannabis. Uh, so yeah, obviously some, some cannabis with some, uh, higher terpene, uh, concentration is going to be, is going to hit you a little bit harder. It's going to be a little bit more fun. Um, I, I mean, I would go lower THC, higher terpene percentage all day, 
all day, every day, mm-hmm. uh, instead of, you know, a whopping THC. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> What's in a name with uh, lemon berry? Yeah, so it's pretty much a, a genetics name there, Dino, right? We got the lemon tie, we've got the uh, the blueberry, the, the dabby blue. So uh, yeah, it's just a, a food and flavorful, just like the bud is, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, when we take a look at this, let's start with the uh, the packaging. First of all, we talked about it. It's bright, um, and it's a resealable pouch. It's a, it's a, it's a great size, actually, for three and a half grams. It's it's spot on for a three point five, in my opinion. Like it's as tight as it can be, and it's it's perfect. Like uh, it doesn't take up a lot of room. You can you know ship it in a small case. It you know it's great. All right. Then when we open it up and we take a look at it, uh, what are you seeing with uh, some of these buds? And we'll get a couple of close-ups as well as we go. Yeah. So for me, I, I got I got a very nice eighth of uh, three really good sized nugs in there. Uh, really nice trim job. Uh, super dense nugs too. Right. When you you grind it up, it just fluffs into a big pile. Um, light green on the color with some some orange pistols kind of in there. Uh, covered in trichome really good trichome coverage there oh yeah i can see, you can see it right there on the photo there yeah. it's uh it's cakey it is indeed yeah. and and i think i gotta echo what you said uh, the trim job on this is uh, pretty spectacular so um good job on that um the pistols really stand out and and as the, on that close-up when you you know as you should always try to do if you're interested in cannabis take a look at it under a you know a light or a microscope or something like that and you'll see things that you never knew would be on your cannabis that make it all so tasty. And speaking of that, let's get to the terpene list on this one for lemon berry. What do you got uh, for us for terpenes? So we got uh, caryophylline as uh, the dominant one, and that's black peri- uh, black pepper uh, spices. Um, limonene is is next, and that's going to be kind of a citrus fruity uh, flavor and aroma. And then uh, the third terpene listed is, is is a new one, Dean. We haven't talked about. Well, on the show yet uh it's called cam camphene um and it's uh mm-hmm. it's it's new it's uh uh not to be confused with uh with camphene um so there's a spelling difference so camphene the terpene is with an e uh camphene with an i is actually a popular lamp fuel uh from the 19th century uh, so yeah. <laughs> don't want to mix those two up no, yeah, it replaced. Uh, you definitely don't want to mix them up because the caffeine that used to go in lanterns is highly flammable, which is why they stopped using it uh, and went to went to kerosene. <laughs> so it's uh, it's good that we straightened that out before this segment. Yeah, totally, Dino. Uh, and and caffeine's found in, in fir trees, uh, rosemary, and sage. Um, and chemically, it's it's very similar to pining, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's also found in citronella candles as well. If you're sitting around uh, trying to get the insects out, from what I've read, uh, there's some some of in the citronella that you'll smell. And you know, obviously, um, you know, plant life in every retail store is focused on recreational cannabis. But I'm going to list some of the therapeutic benefits of the terpene caffeine. And that's the beautiful thing about terpenes; they don't just give you that great smell and that great taste, but you also can get some benefits, particularly. Particularly, uh, something like caryophylline. This is from Weed Maps that I pulled this off, and obviously, um, a lot of this uh, still needs some research. But you know, things like athlete's foot has uh, been shown, and and um, some eczema for for skin uh, situations. It's an antibacterial, as one study has uh, found, an antifungal, as I mentioned, an antioxidant. Uh, 
citrus oils, including sweet orange and lemon, are known for their refreshing scents. And then combined with citrus oils, caffeine has been shown to reduce the oxidative stress that can lead to tissue damage, uh, respiratory cardiovascular treatment, inflammation. So it's been known to benefit with a lot of different things. Uh, So this is a brand new terpene that I didn't know about. And one of the things that I love this segment for is that we are learning so many new things. And and just another one that I'll put on my list to try and look out for uh, a little bit more. So the the, the information is out there, right? And, and, And this is just more proof that now, this is our 82nd episode, Chris, and this is the first time this terpene has come up. So we're going to be discovering more and more about this plant as we go on. Yeah, yeah, totally, Dino. I mean, I, at this point, uh, I don't even think we know how many terpenes there are, right? It's like yeah. two to 300 terpenes, but uh, like <laughs> we're just scratching the surface here. So, uh, yeah, it's it's super cool to, you know, be seeing new terpenes out there. And I think that's something we're going to see more in the recreational market too, is talk about terpenes as well. Yeah. All right. So the smell, I cracked this open uh, and I gave it to Nosy McGee right off the bat, as we like to do. Uh, That's my wife, Trish, who uh, doesn't know anything about the uh, cultivar. She's just a blind smell. And she was like, wow, that's a lot of pine. And I thought, oh, there's going to be piney. And then I look more about camphene and that's that pungent pine, like really, really strong pine. So that's certainly what she got along with some citrus. What do you get when you smell it? Uh, for me, Dino, I got, I got sweetness right off the hop. I was instantly kind of reminded of vanilla. That's kind of where my nose went. Uh, I did get some citrus notes in there too. Um, and I didn't, I didn't get any, any pepper or spice, uh, really at all. So, uh, I just got like an abundance of sweetness when I smelt it, um, super enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how, you know, caryophylline is the leading terpene, but I too didn't get a whole lot of peppery, uh, spice off of it, uh, as well, but you know, it mixed in with everything. Maybe some of the, you know, the, the, uh, caffeine I think was really, really overpowering, uh, for, for me anyway. Um, after the grind, I really, really got that pungent smell uh, of the pine. And I think that's something that people should always do too. I like I like that term that used it fluffed up really nice after the grind. And it's strong, mm-hmm. man. Uh, that, that pungent smell is really, really strong. So what about the taste? Uh, what are you getting for your taste? I'm firing up uh, the Supernova. You can tell me about your taste and then I'll tell you what I get. For sure. So... Uh, for me, taste-wise, delicious. The right off the hop, it's it's super sweet and it's tasty. Um, I get an initial uh, sweet spice kind of off off my. And I was consuming it in joints, Dean. Uh, but I, I get right off the hop, uh, you know, a sweet spice uh, going in, and then kind of a, a fruitiness on the exhale. Uh, reminded me of the blueberry, like that the blueberry was in there on the exhale. So. Um, Kind of sweetness all around for me, and I found it to be very smooth too. Um, smoking it through a joint, just a nice, easy smoke on the on the throat and, and lungs. I tell you, I got the whip going. My my guy Gage <laughs> at uh, Plant Life Jensen Lakes, where I picked this up from today, he got me going on the whip. Uh, <laughs> whip it good. <laughs> whip it good, yeah, indeed. Uh, you know what I got? I this is gonna this might sound weird, but it it tastes thicker. Uh, the vape tastes like a like cookies and cream vanilla, and it just tastes a little bit thicker. I don't know if that makes any kind of sense, but uh, that's the that's the taste I get. I get I get strong vanilla in that for sure. Um, what about your experience? What was your experience when you had this? 
first time? Um, for sure, it, it gets me going. Uh, it's a good good daytime uh, strain for me. So like um, initial head buzz right off the start. Um, lots of lots of thoughts going on, uh, but not but not too much. Uh, whereas like I, I guess like green kraken for me or the green crack or some of these real buzzy sativas, I I it's a bit too much for my head and I kind of. Uh, I guess my head kind of runs away with itself. I didn't get that off, off the lemon berry, which is awesome for me. Uh, but it's still a, a nice productive strain for uh, having some energy and, and being able to kind of, uh, you know, be productive. I found, um, uh, I think, right too, o- sorry, I was just going to say right off the bat, I found it very floaty. Like I was, I just, like, I don't know if the term floaty is, is like, uh, you know, uh, official yeah. <laughs> or whatever, but it just, what I, that's what I felt. I felt like, Oh, I felt really light. Even, you know, the, the, you know, sometimes you think a sativa is just going to hit you hard right away and you're going to be like drinking 10 espressos. It was just kind of a nice floaty way to get into it. And then I did a bunch of research for this. So it, uh, the productive side was, uh, you definitely nailed it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's awesome. You say the floaty thing. I totally got the floaty thing too. Um, so it was, it was just like, that was kind of after my initial head buzz, uh, it kind of settled into this really relaxing floaty body stone that, mm. uh, just felt great. It, it put me in a really good mood. Yeah. I like that. Um, uh, all right. Uh, let's get to the three W's who, what, and when is this good for? So who would you say, uh, this would slot in for? We usually go on the level one, which is kind of the beginner level two, obviously you're a little bit more advanced. And then level three is kind of the, you know, the really, really experienced cannabis user. Where would you put this on this, on that scale? Uh, so for me, it's, it's a, it's an intermediate, it's a 2.5 there. I think it's, uh, just with it being a little bit of a sativa dominant one with a, you know, a higher THC. Um, I just think that if you're kind of just getting into the intermediate zone, um, it could lead to some, some paranoia, some, a lot of head activity going on there. Um, but uh, I think just a bit much for a new consumer on the who, uh, what is good for Dean? Getting your focus on being productive. Um, it, it cleaning the house. Uh <laughs> I know from experience, this one is good for cleaning the house. Uh, it's also good for making a list of all the lists you have. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, just that kind of, a, I guess, that focus in the zone type of thing. Uh, I do think, so I haven't consumed this this uh, lemon berry in the summertime. It's kind of been a wintry one for me so far. Um, I think it's going to be amazing come summertime. Um, with some sunny weather, you know, your toes in the grass and maybe some Frisbee tossing. I think lemon berry would be great for that. Um, and then when it's good for it, you know, is, uh, is daytime use uh, for sure. I wouldn't recommend, uh, you know, puffing some of this and then, and then trying to go to bed. Uh, I think your, your mind will kind of be a little active there and you'll probably stare at the ceiling for a few hours. So um, daytime, I'd say shut her down at about 8 or 9 p.m., <laughs> Yeah, so this isn't the get off the night shift before you go to bed and roll one up to to help you relax. Even though it's sixty yeah. forty, it's still pretty active with the the high THC content. So I, I love the pr- productivity, though. That's something that I definitely use cannabis for a lot. So really impressed so far with uh, the lemon berry. Uh, I love the taste. I love the new terpene that we found out. I love the backstory. Uh, it's just great. Everything about it seems to be really, really cool. So we just got a uh, about a minute left. Uh, tell us about what's going on with your new store and our good friend Gage. 
Yeah, right. Real exciting news here. So uh, we've got a new location opening up in Albany, uh, just in the uh, the northwest side of Edmonton there. Um, Plant Life Albany is going to be opening the uh, second week of March. And uh, I got to see the store a couple of days ago before I left uh, Edmonton in its construction stage, which is super neat to see kind of like a bare bones uh, plant life. You know, it's still got, you know, the green on the walls, but there's still a lot of work to be done to to get there, but it's super cool to see. And yeah, our, our friend Gage uh, out, out at the St. Albert's locations there, um, this one will be falling under Gage's umbrella. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be a great location there. Uh, he's already getting his staff trained up right now. And uh, yeah, with, with Gage's kind of, he just touch on that story. I'm sure it's going to do amazing. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, we 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 talk football, we talk cannabis, and you know, I I know during COVID, uh, we're we're we we try to get in and out uh, as quick as possible and and things like that. But but I do kind of treat my local cannabis store almost like a neighborhood pub. You know, I've replaced uh, alcohol with cannabis almost primarily. Um, and during COVID, you're not going to a pub, but that's kind of my neighborhood pub. I, you know, sometimes I try to feel, pretend I'm Norm when I walk into the plant life store and, and uh, you know, I try to tell a funny joke or something. But, you know, I go there for information. I go there for, uh, you know, socialization, entertainment. Once COVID is over, I think, you know, I just wish we could uh, all socialize right now. But uh, I, I kind of treat my retail store like that. And I love to get to know the, the bud tenders and the managers. And I've really gotten to know Gage well. So I think he's going to do a great job. He's knowledgeable. He's passionate. And I'm looking forward to that uh, that new store uh, in, uh, in Albany uh, for sure. All right. So this has been Lemon Berry. Uh, it's a uh, 60-40 sativa from Ness. It's delicious, a nice creamy vanilla taste, and a very new terpene that we're just learning about, caffeine. Thanks so much for this, Chris, as always, and we'll chat next week, man. Yeah, right on, Dean. Thanks for having me, buddy. The Cannabis Life Experience. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. And that's going to basically wrap things up. If you're listening to this show and you'd like to see it and watch it and check out the uh, things that we have going on, especially during Know Your Buds, uh, check out our YouTube channel, Cannabis 101 Podcast. And we also stream episodes on our social media channels. And while you're there, uh, subscribe. Uh, hopefully, if you enjoyed the show, and let us know what you think. Leave us a review on YouTube. Uh, just hit the subscribe button and then click the bell, and you get an update every time we have a new episode uh, coming out. And you can head to the Cannabis101podcast.ca to get links to both our YouTube channel and past episodes. You can also subscribe to the Weed Weekly as well. Uh, you're in the mix for our prize pack every Friday, but it's only for subscribers. Plus, it's an easy way to keep up to date with the show. So head to the Cannabis uh, or Cannabis101podcast.ca. And if you're interested in getting involved in the show, uh, please email me, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest or join us as a partner, I would love to hear from you. And for other great programs, visit podcastalley.ca, where I have a couple of sports-related shows there. 
All right, that's going to wrap this up for, for this episode, but we will be back on Thursday with David Wiley from the OZ, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. to talk this week in cannabis news and the business of cannabis. We'll have weed word of the day, cannabis character, uh, our cannabis question will continue, and much more. Thank you so much. Uh, to Jesse Lavoy from Toba Grown for joining me and updating me on his progress, and as well to Chris Ionson, our educator on Know Your Buds. As usual, we leave you with the marijuana song from the artist My Dead Dog. And remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. See you, or listen to you again on Thursday. Mm-hmm.